evening, everyone, and welcome to the Tilton Talk Show. It's Monday night again. Sponsored by Small Affordable Cars. I'm Paul Hickis. And I'm Claire Giblin, and tonight we've got a jam-packed show, and we're joined by the American man himself, Mark Meredith. Good evening, all. The main producer extraordinaire, Chris Brown. Of course. Good evening. Craig Courtney's, couldn't think of anything else, Todd, to your name. I've been thinking of you. I can't think of anything nice to say, you know, they don't say, don't say it at all, but they, you know. Um, Alan Watton. Good evening, everyone. My new away Dave pal, Mark Rowe. Mark Adams. Oh, Mark Adams. <laughs> Hello, everybody, you're right. <laughs> and we're by a special guest tonight, Marcus Painter. Ooh, how are you? Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> the Blues. So we pick up two nice two ones in the space of a week. Two one wins, obviously at home to Hull in the Cup last week in the replay. Uh, last minute winner from Koji Miyoshi, which was wonderful, and then the uh, that beautiful performance at Stoke. That's we've got our Blues back, haven't we? That's that's what we want. That's what we want to see. Hundred percent from every single player, taking more of our chances when we're getting them, scoring good quality goals. And at Stoke, I mean, both goals were just top class, weren't they? And Bakuna's free kick reminded me of Beckham against Greece, but. As we've got the face and voice of Blues TV on here tonight, we'll start with you, Marcus. Tell us your thoughts, mate. On let's go. With, I mean, I don't know if you saw. Did you see anything of the whole game? Start with the start with Hull, and then we'll go on to Stoke. I actually didn't see that much of the whole game. Um, obviously, due to my commitments in the uh, in in the academy with the under 16s we was we actually found ourselves away at Sheffield United, so I didn't see much of the whole game. Um, but um, yeah, obviously, it was. It was a great result, wasn't it? You know, when when you kind of see us go one 0 down, and and then in the past we've kind of didn't really feel feel you with, with much confidence that you could come back from uh, going one goal down. I suppose um, that's how I've always felt. Um, probably not the best outlook to have, but that's just probably based on this season, really. Um, but then obviously, yeah, to come back and and, and score two goals in that whole game and to get through to the next round was perfect, wasn't it? To to set up a tie away at, at Leicester, where we've what, sold five thousand tickets. I mean, that's unbelievable, yeah, isn't it's it? Yeah, FA Cups. It's a great, it's a great time for any fan, and if you can get on some kind of cup run, it really does build some excitement. So, um, obviously, really difficult fixture there, but one to look forward to. And and then obviously Saturday. I mean, um, yeah, no, really good result more than anything. Um, I think, you know, probably looking at it, I think Tony Mowbray probably won a bit more control in the game. Um, but at the same time, when, you, when you're playing away from home, you, you have to expect that the opposition are going to have their spells and they're going to put you under pressure. And we stuck to task really well. Look, we thought we defended so well as a group, not just not just a, a back four and goalkeeper. You know, you, you've seen the likes of... Um, Dembele tracking back in Stansfield in and around our box at one stage and you know trying to make clearances and albeit that nearly resulted in a in an error and a goal but then thankfully went up the other end and put one in the net for us so um, yeah I thought it was a really pleasing pleasing result and you know, it's great great to see isn't it I mean since Mowbray's been in the club he's had such oh, a positive yeah. effect in a short space of time so perfect yeah. start yeah, what do you think the biggest differences are? Obviously, I know Rooney was trying to get us to play a certain brand and trying to get us to play a certain way, which we all know didn't really work with the players that we had. But other than that, is there anything else that you think, Marcus, that's the biggest difference from, you know, in, the, in such a short, short space of time? 
it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, sometimes, you know, if, if, if you're looking at the two side by side, one's got bags of experience, the other hasn't more so in, in terms of coaching. So I always think that has a big part to play in it. Um, you, you know, whatever job or trade you're in, whatever it be, you can't beat the experienced experience that goes with that. Um, yeah. So that that's bound to have had some kind of effect, and you know I think they they call it the the manager new manager bounce, don't they? And, yeah. and that effect yeah. Yeah. whether 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 it got to the point where some players felt it it needed that new voice in in the change room, I don't know. I mean, who knows what the actual reason is? But um, whatever it is, it's it certainly worked. Um, I know through you know some of the ex ex pros and pros that have had Tony Mowbray through their careers that said one thing that one thing that always sticks out with them is his man management skills and getting the best out of players yeah. um, you know I, I think when you when you think of manager the best managers most people think they tick all boxes um, and realistically you don't always have to do that you know you, that's why you have staff around you that can do areas you're not so good at maybe um, mm. and, and obviously one of Tony Mowbray's key areas from what I'm hearing some of the lads say is that yeah he's just a real good guy and you know wants to get to know every player and, and wants the best for them so sometimes that can just go a lot that can go a long way even before you get to the tactical side of the game and the coaching methods and styles so yeah it's um, uh, you know see I, I haven't I've never really come across him too much myself personally obviously played against him over the years and um, against his teams but you know, the, the first team are over at Epic now, over at Henley and Arden. So, from an academy point of view, we don't really get to see too much of the first team train. But you know, they're they're always welcoming if we do want to go and watch. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Can yeah. I can I ask what happened to Wayne Rooney's manager's bounce? <laughs> <laughs> it, just always work. Yeah. it just didn't work, did it? It didn't work. And uh, again, it's it's always hard to put put your finger on the actual. Reasons. I mean, everyone sat here will will have their own opinions on why it didn't work. But I, I, I don't. I don't know either. But you know, I think when it gets to that point when you know that the crowd starts turning on the manager and you know result, you're not getting results. It's t- it's tough. I mean, players will players will always question a manager when when things aren't going right maybe not to his face but I've been in dressing rooms where players will get together and be like what he's telling us to do is not working here and you know it, it's not a nice environment when things are going like that you know you don't really want a blame culture but unfortunately when when we're in such a high pressure um, situation like like first team football is then people do look to point fingers and nine times out of ten when it you know when it goes wrong that it's the manager's fault um so, yeah, unfortunately, that was that was the case, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire, I'm going to come on to you next because I know on Friday we sadly lost one of our own, didn't we, in the rain? And uh, just going to come on to that, if you don't mind, Claire. I know that you've met yeah, Lorraine. Yeah, um, I just want to say we're going to dedicate tonight's show to Lorraine. Um, she was a massive part of the Blues family, home and away. Um, I met her a few times. She was always happy. She was always, she's definitely one of us. Um, so just sending all our condolences to all of her friends and family as part of the Tilt and Talk show and 
she'll never be forgotten and she's definitely a true blue so rest in peace around massive blue absolutely yeah so uh, I'll come to you next Mark Meredith how are you and uh, what did you think of the game on Saturday mate yeah, good. You know, I didn't. You didn't ooze world class, did it? But we did the. You know, we got the performance that we wanted. We got the performance. We got, as you said earlier, we got our Birmingham back. Um, mm. you know, we've got we've got a hardworking team. Majority of this team is obviously still the John Eustace team that we 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 talked about in the past. That are hardworking with passion and love and desire. And we lost a little bit of that under Rooney. And again, like Marcus just said, nobody really knows the reason for it, but. It seems like we've we've now bought that back um, in the last four games. Like even when you know Spoons was in charge of one, and then three games under to, under Mowbray, and there's been a whole different feeling both on and off the field. Now, obviously, watching it on TV over here in the states, I didn't get to see the whole game um, because it wasn't on. I got to see. I watched the game Saturday. Just watching the fans behind the goal was you know the excitement of that again. Um, you know, going on to the whole game it's a, another late goal this time a winner which you know another late goal after the Swansea late goal that JJ scored um, which shows that we're now pushing you know right to the end of games um, two really good goals on Saturday you know Stansfield's taking his great and Bakuna's free kick you can't really get any better than the, you know the quality of that so um, no it's pleasing you know the players are playing back to their strengths um, as Marcus said we've got a a manager that is very knowledgeable about the game. Um, from what I hear from my coaching friends, um, you know, great man management skills and very down to earth. You know, we lost that in Rooney. And I, I thought, talked about it before, I thought maybe a bit of arrogance in the way Rooney was. Um, but again, we'll never really get to the uh, the end, the bottom of that. But we, we move forward and I'm really enjoying the journey in the last uh, three games. And, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Christian Bielik at, at centre-back as well, rather than defensive midfield, didn't do too bad, did he either? I thought he had a decent game at centre-half next to um, Sanderson. Yeah, I, I think he did. He yeah, I think from my point of view, I think he's probably had an arm around his shoulder a little bit. You know, he struggled a little bit under Rooney again. Um, Mowbray's come back into the door he's probably spoke to all the players but he's probably said listen we're going to try you in a different position mm. um, you know he's filled him with the confidence and belief that he can do that and for me I think Shane uh, um, I think Long is probably still the best centre-back that we have uh, yeah, I... we'll take the two right now if they're going to do the job yeah early comment coming in for you Marcus from Pete Taylor can you ask Marcus if Cristiano Ronaldo is still in his pocket <laughs> well, yeah, that's you know that's the probably one of the the only times that he's probably ever been subbed against a nineteen year old from Birmingham, isn't it? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I, I I always say this to people when they say what was it like to play against Ronaldo's. Maybe I'm doing myself a little bit of a disservice, but you have to remember when when I played against him, he'd just come to Man United, and he was in the stage where. Um, he, he had very little end product and he was getting criticised for that by his teammates and um, and I think the supporters at the time from what I hear but he, he was quite he would do a lot of dancing around the ball and yeah. not really not exactly running at me so um, it made things easier than than what you see you know in years later where he's absolutely destroying defenders so 
I was lucky enough to catch him at a, at a good time, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> he, can only, he can only do as good as you let him, mate. Absolutely. That's it. I've got to admit, I'll, I'll never forget that. The, the one moment um, up on the cop side, and we both had a shoulder to shoulder, and I got the better of him, and he went flying. And I remember the, the cop just went wild, and I thought, <laughs> oh, geez, I wish, yeah. I wish I could have the footage of that. Um, you know, like, even my own boys don't believe that I played against him, but. You know, it's one of them. I, I can't really show them because, as I say, I've got the footage of it. But yeah, yeah it's it a great, be... great memory. Good times for the club be... as well, not just me. Sorry, mate. That must be on YouTube somewhere. I would have thought. Um, you know, I think you what, can get. What was the, the result of the game? Was it two two? Um, was it the two one? Which one? It, uh, I'm, the one when Pandy. I think it was. I think it was two one. Yeah, I think we did lose that one. I know I played against them yeah. twice. One we drew. One we lost. So. I'm not sure which one it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly yeah. the two twos on YouTube because I've seen it many times. Yeah. All right. I'll have to have a look at that then later. Pandiani, Pandiani scored, didn't he? In the yeah. Game. Yeah. 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 I think that was right. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, Pandiani. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Mark Adams, on to you next, mate. Talk us through your day on Saturday. I know you was there as well. So. Yeah. 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 Well, Went on the bus to Stoke. No, no, no. I, went, I had to get on the bus to Canna. And actually, that links. Can I just say hello to a really nice uh, guy I met called Dave, one of our listeners. And I said I'd give him a shout out. Friends. Um, oh, one of your friends. All right, all right. You know, give me some cred. Facebook friend. Facebook friend. I handed out the little cards that you told me to do. So. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so no, yeah, I got the bus to Canna. And my mate, uh, she drove me, drove us to Stoke. Um, but it was, like you said before, Paul, it's like the old blues. It was just from start to finish. Mm. The, the day started, everyone was it was you know pumped up and positive off the pitch. Um, on the pitch, it was just just like the blues of old. You know, we gave it everything. Every single one of them gave their all. Um, there was no nonsense. You know, no nonsense formations. It was like solid. It was exciting. It was it was actually a good game for the for neutral. I think. Um, yeah. I think I think Buchanan had a terrific game at left back. I think it was yeah, super. Um, yeah. he's, he's my, very, I mean, they're, no. they're all a, they're all a solid seven out of ten. But it was I'd just give him an eight or a nine. I thought it was brilliant, um, yeah. and it was exciting. And uh, you know, away from home, singing like we did in the last few in the you know the last few seconds, and after after the whistle went, it was just um, it was like going back ten or fifteen years. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. So mm. I can't wait for I can't wait for the Leicester game now on Saturday. Um, yeah. And all the games, it's not a chore anymore. I know we keep saying it, but. I think we've just found the right man. I mean, before he came in, there was all these, you know, shouts that he was a dinosaur and all, all the rest of it. Yeah. But he's doing a brilliant job. He's nothing like that. Well, no, he's definitely not a dinosaur, and his football. No way. It's, it's good on the eye. I mean, some of the play that when we go forward, you know, some when it's still very early days. Obviously, he's only been with the lads on the training ground for just over a week, isn't it? Really. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's. I, I think. We're obviously going to lose games, you know. We've got to get real, obviously. But I think if we can sort of stabilise ourselves this season and finish finish above seventeenth, you know, that that's what I'm asking for because I'm sick to death of being seventeenth. How many times have you been seventeenth? <laughs> it's getting boring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to finish above seventeenth would be a good season for us this season, and that would be progress. So certainly from coming from where we've been recently in twentieth and. That goal difference is obviously a, might affect us a little bit. He's got to clean up that mess, hasn't he? That, uh, yeah. that, that you know, because uh, I think it was a minus fifteen goal difference, wasn't it, in the um, fifteen games that that Rooney was here, wasn't it? Um, and um, 
So, yeah, we need to try and tidy that up a bit. Hopefully get a nice big win against somebody at home, you know, or, or away. Get a four yeah. or five of if we can. And I think these players are capable of doing it now. And for me, it just looks like they really have responded to him. And mm. like we've already said, you know, um, he's more like the arm around the shoulder kind of man, isn't he? And even from his first ever press conference as our manager, I could tell straight away that the lads will respond to him. Even when he threw yeah. the lining about the buffet at the back of the room and stuff like that, you know, yeah. it's kind of like really what this is the kind of guy you want to work for this isn't it you know so absolutely certainly see that but yeah Craig I'll come on to you next mate yeah I was just I mean to, to echo everything that had gone on and, and to say you know, three things summed it up for me on, on Saturday and that was drive passion and, and basically fight it, it was there from the outset and yeah, I, I, I saw the game um, the stats they just sold the picture and if anybody had been looking at that and I actually watched the game sold the picture that it was all Stoke and that there was Birmingham were never in it they were all over us actually yes there was a high percentage of um, possession but a lot of that was in their own half or even in the centre of midfield you know there was for me no real clear cut opportunities bar the one they, they scored to to worry us and it was a massive difference throughout the whole of it. You know, I honestly say, I sat there and thought, do you know what? You might concede one, but I can't see us conceding two. And mm. the, this was the thing. Um, the substitutions were right. Um, I think there's a few players that have still got to pull the finger out. Roberts has got to, he's got to show us something because at the moment, I know he's been injured. I know he's been out, but there was no tracking back from his perspective. You know, uh, if his shirt got wet, it was obviously because it was getting dew in the air because there was definitely sweat from what I saw being produced. Um, Stansfield, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, there's been a couple of questions on the message board, actually. Could we sign him permanently? Will we sign him permanently? I think I'd love to. But I honestly don't think we could afford him. Um, maybe in the summer we might do something. In the summer, I think. Gonna cost us, uh, it's going to cost us an arm and a leg. Yeah. But... And what a stroke of genius, I've got to say, with Bielik in the centre half, because I know I know he's got that element of I can make a mistake in him. However, the defence looks completely different. It's it, it, there's a ball that can be played out from the defence now, which I don't think we saw before. It's more of you know just going to clear my lines or, or whip it out to the wings. Whereas now we've actually got Bielik who can continue that that ball playing through the middle and that helped Miyoshi was unplayable he was absolutely awesome and he is thriving and his partnership with Stansfield uh, that that can be amazing if it continues the way that it is mm. but overall it was just lovely to end the day and actually you know have a smile on your face and think hey we, we, we just turned over a team who ultimately four weeks or just over four weeks ago made us look stupid at St Andrews in front of our own fans um, and and that was the the big 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 difference. And three words to sum it up: Blues are back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was everyone's man of the match on Saturday? Would we say? So if we all agree, tough. Buchanan for me, Paul. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah. What do you think, mate? Um. Oh, yeah. I could pick a few, but and Miyoshi for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree with Miyoshi actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed to do something. Yeah, really... yeah. go on now. I was just saying, Miyoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'll say my Oshley then. I'm not going to. I'm not. So I'm going to. I'm, I'm going I'm to say just for that goal, Stansfield. Yeah. Well, what about Bakuna with his free kick? I mean, yeah, no, great, great Bakuna team. did nothing. Sorry, Bakuna no, did nothing no. apart from that free kick. Yeah. He was. He was a bit. He did I think, nothing. I, th- I think there was. Um, there was, I don't want to be negative. I mean, it was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. I, I lay in his bed, no heating on, cheering, my, <laughs> cheering myself. Random. You know, nobody in. It was great. Um, and when I when I come to analyse what had gone on, uh, there was a problem late on where we kept giving the ball back to them, back to them, back to them. So we never got out. Um, and the people that they brought on didn't get in the game enough to pick those balls up. Giselle hardly had a kick, you know, whereas um, other people would have been taking the ball up and probably giving it away. But it just kept going out and out and out and coming back. Great defensive display. I mean, does anybody remember Drame's block when the bloke just early in the second half, he blasted this thing and Ruddy, Ruddy wouldn't have got anywhere near it. And he, he hit Drame in the middle of the chest and bounced away. And you're thinking, they ain't going to score today. Not a chance. 20, 20 odd shots there, commentator kept saying, 20 odd shots. Yeah, well, five on target. We had five on target. We scored twice. Now, that to me was the biggest revelation. Uh, we took the majority of our chances, and that's what we've not been doing for two years, let alone under Rooney. Mm. We, mm. we we need to get that strike average up. And you know, I always said, "Oh, we probably we only score one goal a game." Well, in the three games this week, we've scored two in every game, and we haven't lost any of them. If you score two every week, you're not going to lose too many times, are you? No. Um, and and, and Stans, Stansfield's goal was... I, I love the way he rifles them six inches under the crossbar. You know, no goalkeeper's got a chance with them. I mean, he's done no. it three times, hasn't he? Just rifles it in. Sorry, Alan, is it just me? But does he remind you of Paul Devlin a little bit when he was up front with Furlong? You know, he was, he was, he was a bit, you know, he's, he's quick, he's... Tigerish, he's strong. He's there's a good finisher. You know what I mean. He just reminds me of Dave. He does when he when he yeah when he, yeah. He's got a bit of four cell in him. Yeah, yeah. He's even got the same edge as Dave had then as well in 1996. <laughs> 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 well, the uh, the Stoke commentator kept calling him James. So you know he oh. worked it out in it when when the ball hit the back of the net and he, he turned around and pointed to his number. Uh, the commentator worked out who he was because he kept thinking he was uh, Jordan James but hey mm. yeah, I yeah, had yeah, a bad yeah. day I had a good one I mean yeah. the other thing That's, is Ruddy yeah, I was, he he looks a completely different guy and because he's got uh, a stable defence in front of him he doesn't look as though he's worried about anything now and back to the shot stopping and, and being Ruddy of, of old I mean that's the other thing you know, your defence is only as good as the people in front of them and your goalkeeper is only as good as the defence in front of them. So it, the fact that he feels, I should say, you know, better, to me puts him in a in a good position. And, and now I look at this window and think, you know, we were going into it thinking we were going to sign a goalkeeper. I, I don't think we are now. You know, I, um, 
if, if I'm completely honest, if we see one more coming through, I'd be really happy. Dazelle will go, so when he came on, oh, nice crunching tackle that he, he, he put in there. And, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't be over straight away just with that one tackle. So get get some of them down at St Andrews and he's going to have the backing of everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Marcus, I'll come back to you, mate. Tell us a little bit, for those that don't know, obviously, a bit about what you're doing at the club nowadays. Yeah, so, um, well, when I when I finished playing um, a good while ago now, I I first went into into coaching with the uh, Blues community, so the Education Development Programme, um, and that was my first real taste of coaching then. And uh, following that, I was asked by the, the previous academy manager was Christian Speetman who's, who's now at Sunderland um, he asked me to co- would I like to come into the club to coach the within the academy so he, his, his viewpoint was that he wanted to get more ex-pros in around the younger players and kind of offer that that um, kind of guidance to the players so um, yeah I took him up on it and, and I've been with the under 16s ever since Um it seems to suit me that that age group. I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with that, and obviously I'm still I'm still learning. You know, I've I don't think you ever stop learning. You know, you, obviously people say, "Oh, you played the game," so you, you should know a fair bit. Yeah, but as we know, you know, recently with our manager, it's it's not always um, not always the case of no matter you know what you've done in the game, then just easily transfers and you can just get your message across to the players. That's I think that's the hardest thing is kind of getting the key points and messages to the players in the dressing room and everyone to buy into it. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm with the 16s and I've you know I've been really fortunate to have some really good youngsters that have come through the system that since I've been there, you know, and it's been great for me really just to step back and see their development. You know, obviously we've had a number, haven't we, from Jude Bellingham to. Job and George Hall, Jordan James, the, the list goes on, doesn't it? Ramel Donovan recently. So, um, yeah, it's great because obviously I get to see him at a young age, uh, younger than 16. Obviously, that's my age group, but you, you see them in younger age groups before they get to you. And yeah, just seeing their development and seeing them step out onto the onto the pitch at St Andrews or, is is the main the main thing that kind of gives you that satisfaction. So, yeah. Um, yeah, academies doing something right, aren't they? You know, I think that's fair to say because there's there's been some talented youngsters that have come through. Yeah, I was having the conversation with my dad yesterday about you know I like my one to elevens on this show and picking the best teams and all that. And in my lifetime so far, I was trying to pick an academy, Blues one to eleven, and obviously I couldn't have Francis Latchford and you know Joe Gallagher and players like that because I didn't see them. But yeah. I was I was trying to do it, and I was struggling in a few positions. Um, don't worry, mate. He was left back. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for that. And I, put, and, I put, and I put Matt Sadler centre-back as well. Um, although he didn't play centre-back for us, he did go on to play there his, his later on in his career, didn't he? Uh, he did, but I was, yeah. I was struggling with another centre-half and a, and, a, and a really good right-back um, from our academy in my time. I went Jack Butland in goal. But, you know, I'll throw it out there to our viewers and, and everyone here like in our lifetimes. And I know, obviously, Chris and Alan, you can go with, obviously, the um, that great team that we had back in the 70s. But, um, you know, what, what would our what would our strongest 11 be from our academy uh, that's come through our academy? 
I mean, could I have had Andrew Johnson up front? Because I know he sort of came from Luton, didn't he? But was that yeah. that, that was their academy? I don't think he played for their first team, did he? No, he did, he did spend time in our youth system. Yeah, Arts has got to be in there as well. Who? Arts will have to be in the midfield, won't he? Carter yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jude, well, yeah. Obviously, Jude Bellingham and uh, I was trying to think. You got, you got Jude Bellingham. Obviously, on on the flank, you'd have to have Redmond and Damari Gray, probably. Mm. Um, can, can, you said no right back. Can I go far back as Kevin Ashley? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. good show actually. Yeah, mm. forgot about him. Ian Clarkson. Ian Clarkson. Clarky and Franey, Yeah. I didn't think Frainer. of Clark, but yeah, I was only, it was only a quick five minute conversation. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Simon Storage up front for you. This, this is kind of why I'm uh, throwing it out there because I need some help. So I can't remember. <laughs> so. um you're going to name a better left-back than Marcus now, aren't you? And he's going to take his place. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where we're going to start falling out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say goodnight, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Connection's gone. <laughs> so we'll leave it there. <laughs> so, in your playing career, Marcus, with what we've been through at the Blues recently, obviously, with this change from Rooney to Mowbray, did you experience anything similar to that yourself, where it just wasn't working with the manager that you were playing under? And then someone else has took over and hey presto straight away. Definitely. Um, well, I wouldn't say the end result where where I was at it went, where it worked eventually. But my I had a similar a similar kind of tricky spell uh, at Portsmouth. So obviously you you remember remember the time when Portsmouth were going through that stage of their ownership had changed and their, yeah. uh, the supporters uh, had kind of all grouped together and got the club out at the mess they were in. Um, it was, it was, I'd probably say there when I, when I, when I was at Portsmouth, we, they're in that stage of kind of trying to stabilize and they're actually in league two. So it wasn't a place obviously where their fans wanted to be or, um, or anything like that. That wasn't the ambition at all. Um, but they, I went there under Guy Whittingham, um, hmm. It was pretty hard. I mean, they they were just signing anyone that had. It seemed like that had, had played a good number of games. They were looking for like experienced footballers, so um, to get a, a, I suppose at League Two level because you're only going to get players that are coming towards their end. You're at the end of their career, um, but uh, that's. I mean, even then we had um, Patrick Agjimang. Remember him and David Connolly. The, Republic yeah. of Ireland international. So for League Two football, we had a really good squad. Um, but yeah, it just, I mean, Guy Whittingham wanted us to play total football, play out from the back in League Two. Did it, didn't start, it didn't go to plan. And then quickly he went, right, forget that. We're going to now go route one up to Patrick Agima. <laughs> so um, obviously the, you know, the, the fans, kind of got onto that they weren't keen with, with how things were going the results weren't going our way as well which is that's what it boils down to at the end of the day I think fans can accept whatever style of play but if you're not winning games you're, in, you, you're going to be in trouble and um, that was the case for Guy Whittingham I mean um, he ended up getting sacked and um, who did we have after that it was Richie Barker um, mm. again Richie Barker come with his new ideas and this day wanted to play and that didn't seem to work. It just seemed to be in a in a mess. I, I, it's again, it's hard to put your finger on it. I don't know whether it was 
the, the dressing room we had, the quality of players in there, whether it was, I don't know, the, the tactics he was trying to make us play in that division didn't work. Who knows? But um, he didn't last long either. And this was all in one season, remember? All in yeah. one season. So Richard Barker went and then um, Andy Orford stepped stepped up, who's you know well-known to the Portsmouth fans. He, he was a coach in the... Um, in the academy days, the academy manager. So he stepped up and kind of steadied the ship, kind of stopped the club getting relegated actually from League Two. So it, it worked out all right. But that was the only club I've been at where it's been hostile and there's discontent, you, you know, at your home stadium. I mean, Portsmouth, I'd, I'd actually say they're very similar to our club. Say that the fan base remote, they're very similar, both of them, same, same kind. And, um, very passionate, you know. Want you to give you all, and uh, you know, even there at League Two, it, it was getting at least eighteen thousand every single week, and that's League Two football, and you know, sell it out for away games and things, and yeah, it, it just it didn't really work. And then I retired after that, um, mm. so that was yeah, probably not the best way to finish your career. But at the same time, I loved it. I loved. I loved the club there playing for Portsmouth. As I say, it reminded me what I what I like and what I'm about. Um, yeah, yeah. As I say, probably because it was similar to the to the Blues fan base. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, it I just didn't back. work out. I thought about we going, mate. Uh, this would have been 2014. Okay, 2014. Ten year, yeah, ten years this year. Then yeah. So you've been yeah. you, you retired ten years ago this year. Yeah, actually, I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah look at yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you mentioned um, <laughs> you mentioned Andy Orford there, and his son Nick uh, actually came to the business that I worked for for a bit. He's been gone now a few years, but I was working with his son Nick for a little while, and I know he appeared in the first team at Portsmouth as well. Well, fun, funnily enough, he got his opportunity when his dad got the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and and that. That was another thing as well. Like at the time, I, I knew his, his his background was academy football, but as soon as he took over at Portsmouth, straight away he's put about five young lads into the first team that were nowhere near ready, nowhere near ready. And I mean that that wound quite a few players up. You know that, that they just weren't ready, and it, they weren't helping the team. And it was just a case of right, how can I kind of. Um, help myself out and, and the players I know and you know it's always going to reflect well on him isn't it if you can say oh yeah we've had five players get a first team debut this season yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah it kind of it didn't really work but you know I, I know we've known in the past same happens when I was at Blues with Steve Bruce obviously Alex Alex Bruce seemed to get a lot of opportunities um, it's just the way it is you know yeah it's his son, isn't it? So yeah, he's going to look after. Blair, the um, the weekend. Just go back to the weekend. I mean, first of all, your video went absolutely viral after yeah. you you posted the uh, the free kick. Mark's mentioned it already. The atmosphere. You you, you go to like every away game. Yeah. What's what? I'll be honest. What's the difference? Is it purely the stat fact that? The fans love the person that's there, or is it? Do you think the football, or just the way the team are, that's turned it around? Because it did sound amazing, you know. No matter what you were listening to, the fans were amazing, Saturday. So, what's the difference? 
Um, I don't think it'll ever be about the football on the pitch. I generally think that it's who's in charge. I think that he's brought everybody together. I think that the football is good. Um, we can still improve, but I generally think that, you know, they love Tony Mowbray. I mean, we've already got four songs for him. Um, and I just think that everybody's just got a bit of a buzz back. I know that I've all of a sudden, well, I've fallen right back in love with them again. Um, I just think that everybody's involved. Everybody enjoys going again. And, you know, like the goals were amazing on Saturday. I mean, I haven't seen a free kick like that for ages. It got, um Gary Gardner's doesn't even come close against West Brom. I mean, that free kick from Bakuna was sensational. And um, Stansfield's goal was brilliant as well. So I just think that, I think the atmosphere, we sang basically every song that we know on Saturday and it was great compared to Leeds and compared to some of the others when he was in charge. I just think um, we did an amazing job and I think the away fans as well we are loud and when we win and when we play well we get behind them mm, definitely yeah Mark, Mark Meredith was you at the club at the same time as Marcus when he was playing for us yeah I worked at the, I worked actually with the community department when he um, when he was there I think was you under Stuart Hall Marcus at the academy I was yeah yeah Stuart Hall yeah, so and came, uh, yeah. Brian Eastick yeah. as well yeah yeah so I came in with Terry and Christian so I would have been coaching with them when you'd probably then um, you, I don't even think you even played in the first team then. I think you'd probably moved on by then. Did you, mm, you, you, right. you make like five, six appearances, something like that? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, I, I remember it was Steve Bruce at the time. I'd, I'd just signed a three and a half year contract at, at the club. And um, Steve Bruce said to me, he said, um, you know, we're in, champ- we're in the championship now. And there's a, there's a real push that we have to get promotion. So, I can't guarantee that you're going to be playing week in, week out. So he said, uh, you know, you've had clubs come in on loan for you. And one of and one of those clubs was Swansea at the time, Swansea City. So um, I, I got to admit at the time, I didn't have a clue what what Swansea were like. Or um, I knew they were in League One. And, and Steve Bruce said to me, it was like, they're, you know, a really good club or potential to be a great club. They've got a big fan base and they've got ambition to... You know, climb the climb the league, get out of that league. So I've got, I've got to admit, every move I made in football kind of worked out. You know, whether it was I went from Blues to Swansea, we won the league at Swansea. Had some really, really good managers there. Roberto Martinez uh, was was the standout for me. He was superb, and you know, and then after that, then when Roberto left, we had Paulo Souza, which you know he's he's. You know, gaining some real experience as well since since the time I, I was last with him. He's been, you know, managing Champions League teams and things. And following that, then I went uh, to Brighton to, with Gus Poyet. So um, we won the league with with Brighton. So I was really lucky, really, to kind of go to the clubs that I was at and and fortunate yeah, and I, to come across the people I came across. Yeah, I did the same as you. Obviously, I didn't I didn't play. I I came, I came out of school and went to Solly Old College and and did the uh, coaching awards and stuff there and I, I went with the community department and Dean um, for a while and it was the same thing I was working with Dean I was working at the um, actually on reception at the, the main stadium and then um, obviously got in touch with Christian and Terry and then moved over to Wastels from there but you now I echo everything you say about the academy stuff it's just amazing to be around 
on a daily basis, all those, you know, good, talented players coming through and just being a part of that um, development journey for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Marcus, Paulie Newman asked a question earlier. Um, are there any 16, sort of 17-year-olds or 16, 15, 16-year-olds, 16 sorry, that uh, you think are sort of ready to eventually, you know, showing enough potential to make it into our first team that we haven't seen yet? Um, we've got, well, we've just given out a, around about eight to ten scholarships um, from our age group. So they'll be full-time employees as of next year when they leave school. Um, obviously, they've all got potential. It's always hard to kind of pinpoint one particular player. Um, I even yeah. I even remember, you know, going back to, to Jude where we'd have him in the training sessions when he was 14, training with the under-16s and remember Mike Dodds the, the coach I used to be with who's, who's now at Sunderland and he would say to me when he's going to be a Champions League player and I actually you know you can't say Jude wasn't talented he's really talented and we had high hopes for him but when he'd come out with comments like that I used to think oh steady on like how can you say that to a 14 year old 16 year old kid he wouldn't say it to him he'd just say it to me but I just used to think how, how, how would you know that he obviously did know <laughs> but um, yeah he, he it, it's difficult to put your finger on one player. I mean, we honestly we've got a, a number of players in our academy at various age groups where you think, well, you could have a real good chance. But it, there's there's a lot involved in that. It's you know, it's not just a case of oh, he was great throughout the age groups, and then you know, you may come come into the first team frame where you've got I don't know. A, your position could be blocked up and through signings that the club have made so there's a lot of factors that play a part in whether you you know make your breakthrough but one thing that we try and do you know from our academy all the way through to first team they call it pathway so we try and make sure that you know someone that you have high hopes for let's say in centre midfield isn't blocked up by someone else if that makes sense so um, if you know you've got centre midfielder that's getting towards the latter part of his career let's say um, just as an example like a 30 year old midfielder then you have visions of kind of not blocking up his uh, the youngster's pathway by bringing somebody else in that will limit his game time so there is yeah. clear plans that are in place to, to do that but yeah, I, I could throw a number of names out there. Oh, so go I think on. It'd be unfair for me to... No, no, go on. <laughs> go on, go on. Is there anybody... Um, there must be somebody in yeah. particular we, we've got to look out for soon. Well, I, I mean, I think the best thing to do is probably look towards the 21s to start with because, you know, they're the ones that you could probably say are closest to it. And you've you've got Josh Holm that's that's performing really well lately. Mm-hmm. Um, see, he, he's from the North East. He's a Geordie lad, but... We brought him in at scholarship age at um, under 18s. Castle um, actually released him, I believe, and, and we took him from then. So uh, he's he's performing really well in the under 21s. And um, you can't forget, you know, Tommy Fogarty as well, defender. He scored as a defender this season. He scored five goals, so that's that's really impressive, and that will catch the eye. Whether that's from loan clubs and. Um, Obviously, the manager and, and the first team staff will be well aware of what the younger players do, but not always as easy as that. Just you know, giving them a call up for for the next, you know, for the FA Cup, it could be a case for some of these players that they do have to go out alone and develop further before they're ready. Mm, definitely, yeah. Fantastic. 
And Claire, are you any any? Are you looking on the comments board, Claire? I just wondered if there was any uh, any questions, any more questions coming in, or any more good comments worth. Uh, Claire, um, we've had one off Nigel Mann, which is what was Brucey really like to play for? Was he a good gaffer or not? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, he he was he was. I always respect him. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I always respect him <laughs> because. He gave me my, my opportunity in first-team football and without a manager that puts faith in you to do that, you could say, I, I, I won't be talking to you now. So, um, I respect him for that. But what, what I would say is that when I then come across Roberto Martinez, Gus Poyet, I felt like I learned, I learned more about the game under them from a tactical point of view. Where, um, where Steve Bruce was... I felt was just very much his strengths laying as a motivator. He was he was good at motivating you, and um, I, I can't say say that looking back on it that I, I learned too much as in terms of playing the game. If that makes sense, um, I'd always say yeah that the, the foreign managers have come across has has taught me more. Um, but yeah, that I'm I'm not I'm not being negative to Steve Bruce there as I say we've all got our strengths in certain areas and um, I'd probably say his biggest his biggest strength was that motivation factor that he would he could give and obviously being a captain of Man United you, you have something about you don't you yeah, you know yeah. He, and yeah. he was he was very successful for us so getting us up, up to the Premier League so we can well, you know you can't take that away from him so I, I respect him I respect him for that we, we had the best of him as a manager didn't we um, you know, manager, right? I, mean, yeah. I don't know if he'll manage again now. Hopefully he does, but if he doesn't, if he calls it a day now, then I think looking back, you know, in his early forties, uh, we have the best of him as a manager. I think I don't think anybody else. I know he got a hold to the FA Cup final. Didn't need to be fair, but I think we have the best day. We have the best days of him. I think definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, there is another one from Benji Smith. What uh, What's Marcus think about the likes of Dixon and Tatum Junior? Yeah, well, obviously you got two really talented centre forwards there. I mean, both are both are natural goal scorers and and have a real real eye for goal. See, so you've got Junior Dixon came into the club later than than you'd probably like. Um, come from Crystal Palace, I, I, I think it was. So um, you know, he's perfor- He's another one that's been performing for the Twenty Ones. Has been scoring goals and and Frank T- Frank Tatum. He, he's one that's been been with us from such a young age and a, a local lad and, and a Blues fan as well so you know he's a, he's a real hard work I, I had him in my age groups from under 12s and when I, when I first came into the club I had a spell with the 12s so I had him there and even under 16s and yeah just a real hard working centre forward but also with a real eye for goal he it, it, it does give you so much I mean he would be one that you know if it, Hopefully one day he can make the first team, and you know with the the desire he he has for the game, he, he's one that you could really see the fans taking to. Like, believe me, he doesn't let many defenders um, off off on an easy game. He'll leave a foot in at times and really crash crash into them. And you know that's that's something kind of our fans enjoy, um, and the fact yeah. that he can put put the ball in the back of the net's another good thing. But yeah, he's still got years ahead of him, so. Always, always a lot of work to do for a lot of the youngsters. Um, 
but yeah, both of them are going in the right direction. So fingers crossed, they keep developing in the way they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Craig, have you got any uh, squad game lined up, mate? I, I have indeed. Um, what we do here, Marcus, we basically, what Craig will do is he'll pick a season. And I'm hoping it's one when you was there, hopefully. You never know. Great minds think alike. What he's going to do is tell us a couple of numbers from that season. And we've got to try and guess who the player was that wore those numbers in those seasons. Right. Easy. What the sound of that? What was, what was, your, what was your squad number, Marcus? Because we, we can eliminate that then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my squad number was 31. 31, right. Okay. 31, that was my first squad number. You know what it's like for the youngsters. You get the tail end, don't you? you any any number that's, you know, well out the way. That. <laughs> but you, you, you take anything you can get. You're proud of that. Whatever number yeah. it is. Could have been 91 or been delighted to yeah, I have, yeah. Um, to be honest, though, but they were in my dad's shed, in mum and dad's shed for a long time. Um, they were actually, my mum and dad got them framed. Um, and then uh, I didn't really look after them so much. So they were kind of went in my, my dad's shed, a bit unloved. Because oh, I'm not really I'm not really big for things like that, shirts and, and you know memorabilia. I'll, I'll stuff it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm salivating most, it. Most of my stuff is stuffed in the cupboard somewhere. Or, you know, oh, in my no. Republic of Ireland 21 caps. No disrespect. I'm not you know disrespecting anything but I did there or, or the country. But um, yeah, I'm just not really one to kind of show it all off. So... Um, oh, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> He'll try and find out where you live now. He'll be around your house. He'll be around your house. I've got an Azerbaijan shirt you might be able to have that's in the cupboard. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> Look at him. He's salivating. Um, yeah, he's all over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, go yeah, on. Swearing here. Quite emotional. I say that since, obviously, recently, um, my wife, she thought it would be a good idea to get them up in the my shirt my blue shirts framed in the house so we've actually moved them to ours now and we've got them up in the hallway actually which I'm, I'm not too keen on but everybody else in my family seemed to think it was a great idea but yeah oh, just, bro, man. just put a tray of donuts in front of you then and took the jam out of everyone I've got three squad numbers and the uh, the squad numbers are actually from 2005, 2006. <laughs> right, no, no pressure, Marcus. But, um, so I want to know the first one is uh, squad number 14. And I can say that squad number 14 was used twice during the season. The second number is number 19, which again was used twice during the season. And finally... Who was squad number 27? And actually, I tell a lie, that's not the final one. The final one is squad number 28, which again was used twice in the season. So you're asking four, four numbers? Four numbers. 40, I know one of the four. Yeah. Yeah, three of which were used twice. One was only used once. So 14. Yuri Yarazik. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And who was the other number 14? Are we just asking Marcus or are we... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 
Yeah, I might need some help here. I, uh, this isn't just me. Um, <laughs> the uh, what team are we looking for? No one's get. No one's yeah, got the answer that yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Meredith just got one of the four teams, which was Yuri Yarosov. I've got. I know who the um, second. I know who the second fourteen is as well. I think was. Was it Latka? Was Latka one of them? Was it Thomas Latka? Mark, Mark, yeah. Martin Latka. Martin Latka. Oh. Yeah. He was number eight. He had Robbie Savage's shirt off him, didn't he? Was it? Was, was he number, number eight? eight? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I'm struggling now. I'm trying oh. to wrap my brain. To... Was it? It wasn't Chris Sutton, was it? No, no it, was, it was forty. It was number forty. Yeah. Mm. What was no. Dwight? Was Dwight York? What was Dwight York? I don't think Dorky was there then that season was he he'd gone I think he was there you know 4-0-5 and he was 33 when he came so I'm a proper nerd Marcus and I'm proper what was the other what was the other numbers so the other 14 I think can I say I think the other 14 was Shefki Kuki was it no Uh, it wasn't no I've got you Paul I've got you it wasn't (laughs) weren't Nicky Butt was it nope uh, some of the guests is on uh, Facebook uh, Nafti Malchit no, Kilkenny DJ Campbell no. Jarosik no no who was that terrible player we had from Liverpool and it was oh, yeah. the terrible player from Liverpool not Salif Dia Salif Dia that was wasn't it he was the blue yeah. of the, uh, the first letter or something um D that's his first D. name yeah. <laughs> what's his first name? What's his name, Craig? What's his actual name? His name's uh, David Howland. No. No. Who? 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 Excuse me, mate, down the shop. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to. I've not heard anybody mention number 19 yet. Number 19? Ooh. Peter Till, Andrew Barrowman. Andrew Barrowman was well, not. Well no. Peter Gilbert. Pete Gilbert. Peter, Peter Till. That's Peter Till either. No. Ah. Hmm. I think uh, Peter Matt, Matt Burley. You're lying to me. <laughs> Matt Burley. No, not Matt Burley. Peter Till. <laughs> 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 It doesn't matter how many times you say it. How times you say it? It, it, it wasn't, I promise. It wasn't Peter Till. No. So number, number 19. Morrison. Um, one of them was a forward. In fact, both of them were forwards. One was English. One was Irish. Vincent Morrison. Vincent Morrison was one of them, yeah. Just said that. 19. Mm. That was the season he went, When not he? he didn't play much that season, did he? Yeah. Sure. Because we signed uh, for sale permanently and Pandiani, it, didn't we? And, and DJ what, Campbell. Yeah. Oh, DJ was 28. Oh. He was one of the 28s, yeah. Said that and you say he's yeah. a forward as well? Forward as well, yeah. The other number I'm after where you've got two players is number 28. And I will say, you have obviously mentioned one of them, which is DJ Campbell. Hmm. So... Who is the other number twenty-eight? So I'm after the uh, the other twenty-eight. But, uh, we had an Argentinian forward. Figure it all. Figure it all. It's not him. And you mentioned oh, Peter Till, Mister Meredith, number thirty-seven. So you're a mile off. He wore nineteen. 
<laughs> Till in the reserves, maybe. I've got his shirt here on the wall. <laughs> no time road that whatever you do. Yeah, seriously. I'm booking flights now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're struggling here, aren't we? This is tough tonight. This is tough tonight, Craig. I've got to give you top marks for this. Yeah. So. It's, when you when you say like number nine, it's obviously four, so and it's too easy. Was Krofsky a gone by then, hasn't he? Jarosky. But he was American, so yeah, ignore me. Jarosky. So, um, the number nineteen being an English striker, first initial was J. Jerry, no. They play much Ryan? first. They play in the first team. Played in the first team. Not many games though. Ooh. More first appearances guy. in the reserves. Josh. Jack. Jack. Jill. Joe. John. Jay. John. 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 Oh, somebody's just mentioned the first name. John. James. 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 Yes. What was his oh. second name? <laughs> <laughs> No. Is it Barrowman? No, that was Andrew Barrowman. Right. Andrew, oh. Wasn't he James. Doctor Who? And Andrew oh, Barrowman is actually your other 28. So you have, oh, that was, that you was, have that got was, one of them. That was a lucky deflection. James, uh, James, James, James. What's James. it rhyme with? Bike. Yeah. What's his mum's Hi. name? James Vaughan? James Vaughan, yeah. Oh. No. James McFadden? Oh, close, close to Mux there. James McNeil. 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 James I will say it is tough because 27 never made an appearance in the first team. Natsukuki. No, Natsukuki was 33. 27. Carmotrum? Initial, it was a C. Was it? Carmotrum. It is Carmotrum. Check you in, Mr. Adams. <laughs> Are you <laughs> Googling these? He's getting fast no, yeah, he's got, he's got someone, someone on the camera, and he on like your phone or I something. I reckon he has. Yeah, somebody's there going. <laughs> it just happens. Well, he's, he's mate, he's mate off, he's mate off the bus. Must have texted him. There is a, there's a couple of comments that have come from the message board asking who the ugly bloke in a beanie hat at the end of the AFL credits were. I'm not too sure if anybody can help at all. No. I'm not sure that was. No. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, uh, Paul, 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 Paul is is a good one for um, for the future. Somebody on YouTube says, uh, "What would what would we say was the best playing team made up of Blues managers?" Ooh, oh, that's, that's a good one. It's a good one. Maybe yeah. something. Maybe we could do one a week. Maybe. Yeah. Mm, it's a good one, isn't it? That's uh, a brilliant one, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, could, and could we get a team? Gil Merrick in goal. I was going to say Gil Merrick. That's Gary it. I'm, I'm out now. Trevor Francis at front. Gary Steve Bruce centre-back. Yeah, Bruce centre-half with McLeish. Yeah. Tony Mowbray midfield. Thought we were doing one a week. <laughs> and are they talking about Blues players only? They've got to have played... Yeah. Are they only, they've got to have played and managed us or just managed us? Uh, 
Bless this playing team made up of blues managers. Oh, yeah. well, I suppose they could Manager, be, Rooney, Rooney up front with Trevor Francis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what a team now. Yeah. With Zola. With Zola in the ten, just behind them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Zola? Yeah. 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 Uh, Barry Rowett. Rowett, yeah. Yeah, Karanka. 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 You can't have Karanka. He was a centre-half, wasn't he? Oh, that's a good one as well. Dave McCoy in the middle. Dave McCoy would have him in. Who would you have right back there? Would you have Rowett? Would you have Rowett? Who was your hero growing up, Marcus? Who was your, when you was a kid, like, who did you idolise as a player? Um, I idolised Ryan Giggs. Obviously, I know there's no blues link there, but I was just left-footed. And obviously, you know, when you were a kid, you look towards those, like, top-end players, don't you? And he... um, yeah, he he was mine. He had just died. I remember he brought some football skills video out the one year, um, and I, I used to watch that over and over again. I mean, yeah, he was he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Back in back in the day. I mean, also I, I say that you know to play in the Premier League for as long as he did as well. That just shows what kind of what kind of player Ryan Giggs was. You know, I think yeah. he's Ferguson used to put him centre mid, didn't they? Mm. At one point, you know, because he knew his sure. legs were going, but. He'd yeah. still like, you know, breeze the game in, in that position. Looks so easy to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same question to you, Alan. Sorry? Same question to you. When you was a kid, who was your hero growing up as a kid, footballer? Di Stefano. Okay. I've heard the name. Greatest centre forward that's ever lived. Yeah. Played for Real Madrid in that 7 3, scored, only scored four that night. Had a poor right. game. He was actually born in Argentina He played for Argentina He played for Colombia And he also played for Spain Because you could use, be able to naturalise people in them yeah. days Right, okay mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Chris? Chris? That, that I've seen what? Well, when you was when you was a child, Jerry, was your well, football well, hero? Oh, I was ask everyone, no, mind. I'll go around, go around the panel Probably, probably going to be Georgie Best And Trevor Francis yeah. I don't know you know, it's 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 difficult when you re- when I was really young, young I suppose it was it was George Best because yeah, it's just George Best. There's nothing better. Yeah, mine was Gaza. I loved watching Gaza when I was a kid, and Lineker as well. I liked a lot as well, and uh, Peter Beardsley and these sort of players mm. were my favourites. But no, my, if I had to say one, I'd say Gaza. But yeah, Claire, what about yeah. you? Um, probably Beckham or Thierry Henry. Yeah, you can learn. Yeah, he can learn now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need him on the show just so I can just talk to him all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Meredith, uh, Gaza, with I'm with you. Yeah, he was just yeah. something else, wasn't he? Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Craig. <laughs> I'd probably say two. Uh, um, after he sounds Ian Rush, because he was you know everything when the FA Cup leagues, mm. it was it was him. He was a a goal scoring legend, but also John Barnes. Surely, because oh. of what he brought to football was not just skill and athleticism; it was it was everything, you know. And he, he was the bees and he's wasn't he? And then again, you know, people will say it's not Birmingham related, and actually, I didn't see Birmingham until late on. Whereas football to me was each Saturday sitting down with my grandparents watching the FA Cup. You know, think, was always the same FA Cup mm-hmm. final. Sit down and watch it, and those are the names that stood out. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which, Russia which channel? Which channel are we going to watch it on? Wasn't it? You know, ITV yeah. or 
Who's Sandy Bell? Was he Saints and Green yeah, Zeal? Was he yeah, oh, switch over? Yeah. And, it, yeah, right. and it started right. it started at about eight o'clock in the morning, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> meet, yeah meet the yeah. players' wife's dog. Yeah. And last and, and last but not least, obviously, Rope. Um Oh um that'd be me then. Um <laughs> no, I mean I hit hit my teams and I, I blues wise, it probably liked storage and Glegor and I love Nigel Glegor. Um, but when I was really young, I used to um, when I was seven or eight, I used to like um for some reason, I used to like David Seaman when he played for us. Mm. And I think, I know it sounds stupid, but I used to wear a green jumper for junior school and I used to wear this green jumper and went in gold, pretended I was David Seaman. <laughs> um, <laughs> the moustache You draw one on, in pencil. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember that. I was only about seven or eight, but yeah, David Seaman, I used to like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about football in general, not just blues? Did you have any like heroes outside of blues as well? Um, not particularly. I used to love watching. I used to love watching um, Lineker when I was a kid. Just went to yeah. the park, pretending like Gary Lineker. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like say, remember the old matches on every Sunday, the big match live, and mm. you go yeah. to the yeah. park and try and whoever scored, whoever played well, you try and copy him at school the next day so. or over yeah. at the park and that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You do a lot of pretending, remember, Mark, don't you? you? Do a lot of pretending. I'm getting a bit worried. Hey. You do a lot of pretending. Hey, Rose, go on, Bro, you the last kicker in every team that you went in. <laughs> Can I come next time? <laughs> oh, Mr. Meredith, Rope plays his goal, or he said he does. But, you know, I actually know somebody that loved Rope from the halfway line into yeah. five-a-side goals, let alone full-size goals. Yeah, but his, his surname was Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Beckham. You don't remember Satan Greavesy, Marcus? sorry? You don't remember Satan Greavesy, do you? No. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show that one. Obviously, so good. You were doing something with a Leicester fan earlier, weren't you, or something like that? Well, don't care. I'm glad somebody. Not like that, you don't know. Don't say that. For a little bit of a new thing for for Talking Talk, where we're actually going to be talking to podcasters or, or groups that are, are set up for the teams that we're going to be playing against as we uh, as we go to the upcoming games. So uh, this afternoon, I've recorded a little bit with uh, Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Um, really, really good interview and insightful, actually, to find out their podcast is very, very, very similar to, to ours and the reasons why. No, it's good. Uh, it's very, very good. So watch out for the uh, the details on there, and along with the predictions for this weekend's game. So, uh, uh, Chris, have you got a little snippet? Yeah, I'm going to try and play some. There we go. Here we go. No, hopefully. Then decided. Well, look, hang on. I can I can do this myself. I was already doing a, a website. Uh, I was also already doing the social media sites, but the the actual um, uh, YouTube side of it was born out of that and of course then um covid struck and we're all sort of sat at home and basically it stopped me going through the window and jumping for you know four floors down to 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 me to me death sort of thing so yeah it was very good on that and you know for however long the show happens to be it's all about having a laugh it's all about having a joke we don't take it too seriously you know yes we wind you know opposition fans up and we allow them to wind us up what it's all about you should have a bit of banter and then at the end you should shake hands and and go up it's a game of football at the end of the day 
but it does give us a chance to put you know if you go and a, I know a lot of um within my group of sort of YouTube um co co presenters if you like that you know yeah. from from other other channels so many people started doing it because of the pandemic uh, they were stuck at home nothing to do and the fact of mental health because it was highlighted so much during covid and i think uh, i do know a good 70% of you know the, the the podcasters i deal with started it to help them with that and it you know because it stopped us doing something stupid and it's nice just for an hour however long the show is just to put that mask on and have a laugh and a joke and you can forget about everything else that's going on in the world uh, but we cover we cover everything everything sort of Leicester really um and uh, uh obviously the main shows and there you go that's the sort of thing you we're doing there we go Mm. I'm going to move on to, if I may, quick fire questions. Every time we have a special guest on, it's uh, rude not to, isn't it, really? So what we do, Marcus, whenever we get a special guest on, I'll just spend about 30 seconds or so asking some quick fire questions. So you've probably seen, have you seen Gary Neville's podcast, The Overlap? Yeah, I've, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, so you know when he's walking around at the end and he's asking him questions off his phone, like very quick ones. Yeah, so yeah. That's what we're going to do, if that's okay. Cool, yeah. Favourite alcoholic drink? I think I know this. Uh, uh, Madry. Yeah, same, same here. Favourite city in the world? Um, New York. That is me as well. Favourite superhero? Batman. Yeah. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Last minute penalty for your life, who's taking it? Chase Mansfield. <laughs> you can invite three people round for dinner from anywhere in history. Who are you asking? Ooh. Um, David Beckham. Uh, I'm keeping it all football. David Beckham. Roy Keane. And Ronaldo, we'll have a chat about that game that we played. Who controlled the music in the Blues dressing room when you was there and what was it like? Um, it was Jermaine Pennant. Um, so, yes, it, it was quite lively. Like Jermaine loved the night out, um, liked his music, big character in the changing room. So, yeah, it was uh, R&B, hip-hop type of style. Yeah. And, and your favourite music and genre and band, what's, what's what's on your playlist at the moment? Honestly, I like anything, like anything, reggae, uh, 60s music, modern modern pop, the like indie rock, what, anything, give me anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't really got like a set genre I'll stick to. Um, okay. I'm, I'm open to all kinds of, you know, the... The wedding DJ that sticks the soundtrack on, I'll take that because yeah, you got a variety. Yeah, that's good. Um, who was the funniest in the dressing room at Blues when you was there? Robbie Savage, probably. Yeah, yeah. Always doing something there. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a joker. Don't get me wrong. He used to wind a few people up close to where like they would they'd nearly snap on him. I saw Ian Bennett nearly like. <laughs> Nearly lose it completely. Sav just, you know, what, do, he do silly stuff like, you know, where you you kind of see on the playground. But yeah, he used to think it was funny, and we up. did as well as young lads as well. Yeah. What was your pre-match routine and meal? Um, my, did you have yeah. go-to every day? I would always have uh, scrambled eggs on toast. That would be my pre-match, um, and. Yeah, I would. Do, I'd always do like three knees to chest before before the actual whistle. Like you know, when you've done your warm up, whistle's about to go. 
I'd do three knees to chest. Don't know why why I started doing that, but I don't know. Once I started doing it, then you always feel like you've got to keep doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, three knees yeah. to chest is an odd one, but that's what I did. Favorite uh, favorite boots you ever played in? Boots. Mm. Uh, Puma Kings. Puma oh, yeah. Kings when I was when I was at my Sunday su- uh, Sunday team three C's Chelmsley Wood Dyke. I'd always been over my Puma Kings. Yeah, and best player you ever swapped shirts with after a game? I well, I didn't really swap too many shirts, but I asked Ryan Giggs when he played us at St Andrews. He he uh, flat just went flat. No, I said no, you're not having it. That's Rude Van Nistelrooy. He said come and get it afterwards. But I was scared to go and get it afterwards in case the manager like, had a go at me for getting somebody's shirt and like kind of accusing me for being just bothered about that. So the, shirt, the only shirt I've got upstairs is Jermaine Pennant from when he was at Stoke and I played him uh, for Brighton in the FA Cup. Um, uh, so yeah, it's probably not the biggest player in the world that's you know, too excited about that one. But yeah, um, yeah. it's the only one I got. Yeah. And the last one, what's your worst habit? Worst habit. God, I, think yeah, it, I, might need to get the, I might need to get the wife down for this one. She might have to tell you better than I can. What are you trying I to say? Think, what are you trying to say, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think I'm, I've got any bad habits, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know she'll say I don't cook enough. Um, I'm, quite, I'm quite lazy at times around the house. That's probably, I don't know if that's a habit or what, but a bad trait at least. You untidy or anything like that, or you tidy person? No, no, I'm, I'm tidy. I'm, t- I am tidy. Um, I, I, I'm quite particular in that sense. Saying that though, like when, when I, when I first started playing and I moved away from Birmingham and see, had a place of my own, I would, I would actually let the, the dishes like build up. This is, I didn't have a dishwasher at the place I was in, so I'd let the uh, dishes build up and to the point I'd have nothing <laughs> where I had to do the washing. Oh up. yeah. Um, I do that. I do that, man. That was teenage days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do one more just for the road. So, wh- which manager would you have loved to have played for uh, that you never did? Probably just go modern era. Um, Jurgen Klopp. Tommy Mooney said exactly the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He just, he just. I like his personality. He seems like he's got a great personality around the players. You know, you see him putting an arm around them quite often. Um, yeah, and just his style of play. I mean, it's it's exciting football, isn't it? From foot, uh, good to watch. Um, saying that, I'm not sure I'd have been able to keep up with the pace of it, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah. What about computer games? Are you much of a gamer? Do you play like what, what's now called F24 instead of FIFA or anything like that? I used to be. Um, saying that, my, my seven-year-old, my seven-year-old gets me into FIFA, so I have to teach him a lesson quite often. You know, and he, he's quite shocked that I keep beating him. But I used to spend many afternoons just wasting my life, really, when I was playing football. Afternoons just on computer games. But M days are well and truly gone now. You know, I've got three boys, and yeah, unless they want me to play something with them on there, um, it's normally Super Mario World. So only they're only young, so I'm on the switch with them. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I used to be like big on Call of Duty back in. Back in the Brighton days, all the lads would get online and we'd always have a good laugh on that. But yeah, well and truly gone those days now. Yeah. I'm 45 tomorrow and I absolutely still love to this day Super Mario games. Honestly, I could play them all day. And 
we, we get on it, me and my wife and my daughter, we play Super Mario Party and we play Mario yeah. Kart. And honestly, mm. they're, the, they're the best games. Like, they're the best yeah. fun. Never uh, yeah. yeah, they're superb, aren't they? Mario Kart, yeah. It's, uh, no, as I say, like, my boys love all that. So if they, when they, when they want to invite me on, I uh, just have to show them the ropes. You know, <laughs> there's uh, a couple of questions that have come on the uh, the message board as well. Actually, just off your quick fire ones there, Paul. So, um, Dave Twines asked a couple. He said, uh, "Marcus, do you paint around the house?" Fucking <laughs> 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 <Probably known to. laughs> uh, And then he's also said a uh, serious question: Is what do you think of VAR? Yeah, I don't like it at all. I really don't like it. Um, yeah, it just it just kills the momentum of the game, doesn't it? You know, one minute you've got the whole stadium celebrating, then they're waiting however many minutes yeah. to make a decision on whether it's a goal or not. I remember seeing um, Andre Mariner, you know, like when when VAR first got introduced, I saw him at the gym, and I said to him, I was like, do you think they'll ever scrap this? Uh, you know. And it, it, he said, "Well, for one, he said, I hope not, because I'm I'm kind of involved in it, you know. At some it, that was back. This was years back. Um, he said, but they'll never get rid of it just because the the amount of money they've pumped into it and and how the Premier League see it as an importance mm. um, to what they do. So um, yeah, it's it's not for me. It's just to say kills the momentum of the game, and I, I don't like all the waiting around. It's you know, yeah, scrap it, but." I can't say that ever at me. Do you not think it's better though when you watch like Champions League or the World Cup, for example? Um, do you not think it's used better in other countries or in other tournaments other than the Premier League? Or do you think it's still the same? Um, I don't really know too much. I mean, I don't watch too much foreign football to kind of have a big enough mm. opinion on, on on how they do it. But um, no, I just I'm just not keen on it. Full stop. I think I think the I used to love the talking points on match of the day of, oh, they've got this wrong. The referee's made this call and he's got it wrong or, you know, he's got it right. I, I used to like that. Mm. You, you, got, you used to go off the official's decision at that point and that was, that's how it was dealt with. Um, I just think, you know, like, it, it's, it's gone too far now. The fact you're pulling up a, an offside, someone's boot is offside or their big toes slightly offside, it's, it's gone too far and I'm not keen on it one bit but you know that's the modern game for you isn't it I suppose we have to deal with it yeah yeah I mean for me the thought of not having Maradona's handball again or you know um, that sort of thing and Thierry Henry's handball and you know he does take that out of the game and and obviously anyone that dived that used to dive and I think back to David and Gog at Liverpool uh, which was one of the worst ones ever wasn't it when we when we give a penalty away at Liverpool for that so it's nice to think that that can't happen again. But I do agree, it does hold the game up to They take too long, you know. Um, they shouldn't and, have the lines drawn, that's the problem. They should go with where the, what they do in other countries where they actually show, like, the bodies, and then it's just like, right, that's offside or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, yeah. because we draw lines, we, we're, we're a little bit behind everybody else. Yeah. It's a bit like that system in tennis, isn't it, that tells you whether the ball's in or out. Yeah, Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. could do exactly the same for offside. Yeah. And it'll tell you whether he's off, whether that player's offside or not. But as you say, well, they've but, probably spent too much money on it now. They're not going to. Uh, I don't, they're not going to change it. Are they? No. Oh, millions. Go on, Alan. We're talking about computers here. Mm. They work a thousand times quicker than the human brain. 
yeah. the, as soon as the ball hits the back of the net, mm. that 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 machine should be telling the referee goal or not. You shouldn't have to have all this looking yeah. and waiting. Uh, it's a simple, it's a simple mathematical. Is the bloke here or is he there? End of story. Bang. Goal. Mm. No goal. Easy. Mm. Now yeah. all the other subtleties, the, the handballs and the whatever, I, I understand that they have to be looked at. But offside is is a is a is a linear a linear process which could be done like that, and that's 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 a mystery to me. As you say in tennis, in cricket, they tell you like that. Yeah. Whether whether something's in out whatever. Why can't yeah. it be done in football? They've got to look at the rule though for a handball. I think because that's ridiculous. Um, you know all this natural and natural position and all this that and the other. It's uh, it could be just so much more simplified, so much easier. You know, um, maybe if you, you if you raise your hands above your head and the, and the ball hits your arms or your hands, then that's that's handball. But if you keep your arms down, you know, I don't know because obviously you can't oh. jump without putting your arms up. So it's, I don't know. It's a tough one. Anyway. What, what was the handball? I sorry, I, I always rem- when I when I when I did a bit of referee, I remember giving a penalty. There was a there was a wall and it took the free kick and the ball would have hit the bloke in the uh, lower regions and he put his hand over his lower regions and the ball hit it and I gave a penalty and he said I was protecting myself <laughs> and I said nothing in the rules says you can do that son you can't protect yourself with your hands yeah. you know it's a penalty you've deliberately put your hands there to stop the ball with your hand end up. Do you, this uh, is a good question. Do you ever think we'll get we'll get to the stage where they're doing rugby, where you, you actually hear the hear the ref? This is from Nigel Mann. You, you hear the ref over the speakers. I need to. I think that would eradicate everything. When they had it like the Women's World Cup and they had it at others, I think mm. it just really helps you understand exactly what VAR was saying at the time. And I think in rugby, the only thing with, with rugby is that they actually respect the officials. Mm. Like they call them sir and they actually take everything that they say. So I think we'd have to change the whole dynamics of football for that. But I think it'd be great. I think it would be the best thing because then you know what's going on. Because I think that's the problem is that we wait five minutes. If you watch it on TV, you can tell. But when you're in the stands, you've got no idea what's going on and what's being said. Yeah, and that's wrong, isn't it? My, my mm-hmm. first experience of that was at the England game against Malta um, a few months back. And uh, obviously being blues obviously you know we haven't had VAR yet had the blues have we so yeah, yeah. you know it was my first experience of actually being in a game with it and uh, yeah that was that was the that was what I said to my mate like that, that's wrong we're, we're sat in the stadium and people sitting at home watching it on the telly know more than what we do about what's going on which is obviously wrong isn't it crazy isn't it mm. well Benji Smith has raised the you know can you imagine being in a, a stadium in a major football tournament you scored a goal in the last minute you're all celebrating the winner and then you realise oh it's been rolled off for whatever reason and actually the justification is just 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 not there I, I think it's plain and simple VAR still is down to the interpretation of another individual and until they can make it totally electronic it's not going to work the way that we all want it to be um, never going to be perfect is it no because it's interpretation what well, one person thinks is correct another person will say no and there's too much of that pulling the game back you know this this rule that they have over a period of time to investigate it and then they're stopping play so they call it back it just doesn't work the flow's not there you don't see it in rugby you don't see it in other sports tennis cricket all of those that have used very similar things answers are pretty quick 
and, and <clears> that's the way it should be for football as well. Otherwise, it will ruin it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Back to you, Marcus. You on you on Blue TV on Saturday, mate, for the Leicester game or anything? Uh, no, I'm not. No, we've got um, we've actually got Sheffield United away again um, coming up on Saturday. So uh, oh, good yeah, luck with that. I'm, uh, yeah, committed to that. So um, yeah, it's it, it's always a tough one because obviously I love the job I do with the 16s and you know and, and within the within the club's academy, but I also love away games and go into home games and you know you can't you can't do it all but especially when you're seeing 5,000 tickets being sold you think, oh, I'd love to be in that you know involved yeah. in that and just soaking up the atmosphere there but um, yeah obviously job the job comes first but that leads us nicely on to predictions then yeah. so give us your prediction Marcus uh, we'll start with you for Leicester away in the FA Cup on, on Saturday it's hard to vote uh, with your you've got to vote with your obviously your head and not your heart obviously haven't we so yeah um <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go um, two one blues two one blues yeah I think um, you know I think we've all probably seen uh, you know in the last three games that it looks like we've turned a bit of a corner um, and obviously when Leicester came to our place at St Andrews that uh, you know you can see they're a quality side but I feel like we you know we're, we're we're a different team to what we saw back then already yeah. so um, yeah I'm going two one blues that'll do for me Claire. Um, I'll take 1-1 one, one. Um, I'm looking forward to having a few more thousand of us go and hopefully we can create the atmosphere last time we went um, with the noise level and things like that so whoever's going I'll see you there but 1-1 one, one. Yeah, Mark Meredith yeah I think I'm going to go for a draw as well I'll, I'll probably go 1-1 one, one myself and then um, beat them in the replay that'd be nice Alan yeah so I, I think I'm looking forward to a replay um, yeah I, 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 if we score two it'll be 2-2 two, two. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm going to go with the majority actually and go one-one as as has the the vast majority of the uh, the message board are all saying draws. One-one um, to Tom Richardson. We've had two all Michael Woods. Um, Daniel Rowan said three all Benji Smith. One all and then we'll win the replay three two. Uh, Pauline Newman is saying two all. Um, Nigel Mann, he's said 6 0, but Leicester. He said to Leicester. And then we've got um, a couple of others that have gone 2 1 Blues as well. So general positivity going into into the game. Mm. Mark, Adams? I'm going to say I'm gonna say a sneaky 1 0 to us. I think we've got, we're, due, we're due to have a big, you know, cook upset. It's been a while, so I why not Saturday? I'm yeah. going to go 1 0. Does, it, does anyone know if, does, sorry Paul do you know if Vardy's fit no, I was told as part of the interview today that Vardy is fit but wouldn't play no. 90 minutes no he'd be on the bench I would have thought we'll, we'll win 1-0 anyway so it don't matter <laughs> <laughs> get your prediction and then I'll I'm too scared to say mine now but I'll, we'll come back to me then mm. <laughs> so, so I'm, I mean I, I'm guessing it depends on, on what team Leicester put out really but uh Oh, I'm I'm going to go for a a very close two 0 to Blues. Wow. Okay. Well, it's actually on the Super Six on Sky Sports app this week, and uh, I went two one Leicester, but I can always change it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus, one of the questions we've had from Dave Buckley just before we finish is: as a player, could you actually tell? whether the opposition were intimidating or felt intimidated by the Blues fans when they came onto the pitch? 
And um, how did it feel, you know, to be in that position if they were? Well, I, I, I don't know whether players actually get intimidated, but you're certainly aware of the noise. Um, obviously, when when going back to my time at going to, uh, playing at St Andrews, you were certainly aware of the noise that the, our fans would make. Um, but uh, if if I look at you know going to other stadiums that, that I went to, like Ellen Road, a packed Ellen Road, I was never, I was, yeah, I never used the word intimidate. So it, it wasn't the crowd that scared me, but the atmosphere was always tough um, at somewhere like that. And same goes for our place. If if we've got something to play for and. Obviously, back then it was Premier League days. It, you know, it, we we'd make we'd make some noise, and you know, I always kind of look back and hope we get back to that point one day, and and we see St Andrews like we used to see it, um, because it would like it would give you goosebumps when it when mm-hmm. when keep right hands belted out. I mean, there's there's no place like it. Like um, it. That's just me speaking as a fan, but obviously when you're on the pitch, you you kind of focusing on the job you've got to do and and you're kind of less aware of the emotion of it if if that makes sense mm. Mm. You go, have you ever lost have you ever yeah we're going to wrap up now every Chris sorry, yeah, have you ever yeah. very, have you ever <laughs> lost yourself doing the co-coms Marcus on, Marcus on Blues TV and like nearly swore or just lost you know we want to go, especially when Rooney was here <laughs> I've been lost for words a few times yeah <laughs> I've definitely been lost for words where um Obviously, I I work at the club, and I and I never want to come across as that I'm overly negative. And at times, I, obviously, I've been in um, kind of doing the commentary for certain games where it's been very hard to find positives from it. Um, but I hope to think I choose my words carefully and and don't completely rip into the players, you know, because I obviously I've been there as a player, and I know that I know it's never as easy as it looks. And obviously now I'm on the other side of it. I'm watching the game. Oh, you know, he's got to do better there. But I understand when you're, you know, in that situation, it it, it feels completely different. It's never as easy as it always seems to be from the outside. So yeah. um, I'll, I'm always kind of, I'll take the player side first, but there's certain things you can't defend. So, you, you know, anyone listening at home, they'll be... You've, you've got to be genuine otherwise they'll be like what's he talking about he's trying to defend yeah. that he's just missing six yards out so yeah yeah to yeah. be honest to, to a degree yeah 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 anyone think we've gone into Fergie time now haven't we Chris it's all over mate <laughs> <laughs> so we've been the Tilton Talk Show thanks everyone for watching yet again and uh, as we said earlier this show was dedicated to Lorraine one of our own who we sadly lost on Friday so uh, it's good night from me and it's good night from Mark Meredith good night from me and it's a good night from Craig Courtney uh, it's a good night from me. It's a good night from Mark Adams. And before we do go there, good luck to the ladies midweek. Also on Sunday, let's get lots of people down there backing them and uh, continue that climb in the league. So, Mr. Mark Adams, over to you. Well, it's a good night for me, and it's a good night from Claire Giblin. It's a good night for me. Good night from Alan Watton. Why am I always left? Good night for me, and it's a good night for Marcus. Good night for me. Thanks for having me, everyone. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on, mate. And it's good night from Chris Brown. Yes, it's good night oh, from sorry, me. Sorry, Chris. I should have. I should have brought you in then. Should I? Completely brilliant. Any one job? Where were you in rehearsal? <laughs>
Ei ole vaan siinä myöhään su.